This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. I know that I have a habit of saying that I'm excited about particular episodes, but I guess that's the blessing of what I do. Like, I actually do get kind of excited, and every new episode is like a new gem, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to share this. But I know, I know, you've heard me say this before, but I am really excited about today's episode because my sister is here with me. Don't worry, it's not going to turn into like a total family show or whatever, because I had my mom on in episode 204, but because I had my mom on in 204, and we talked about how, how my mom is the reason for all my problems. No, I'm totally kidding. That's, that's not fair. Um, in, in episode 204, if you haven't listened to that, definitely go back and listen to it. We talked about what it was like for me growing up because, yeah, I was born heavier than most babies are. And I did have some metabolic issues um, because of my mother's pregnancy. But the reality is that my emotional attachment to food, my things like fear of missing out um, and emotional eating, sneaking food over like binging and, and hiding food, all of those things really developed in response to certain things that happened when I was growing up. So we talk about that in episode 204 and I got so much feedback on that episode one of the things that I talked a lot about was the difference in how I was treated versus how my older sister was treated because she never had a weight problem. That doesn't mean that over the years she didn't develop food problems, but she absolutely never had, and to this day has never had, a weight problem. She's tall. In fact, when we stand side by side, her hips are like at my boobs. Like she's all legs. She's tall. I'm 5'5". Five five. She's almost six feet tall. She's always been thin. And uh, I've always struggled. Like I'm, I have a very different build. It's funny as I've lost weight, I think we definitely look more alike. And I'll have to um, put a picture of us together in the, uh, in the show notes. But but she's always been a very different build than I have been. And we were treated very, very differently related to food. I remember uh, there being a food scale in the kitchen for a period of time. And my mom would measure out my food, whereas my sister Debbie could go back and get seconds if she wanted to where Debbie was allowed to have dessert and I wasn't, where I was on a diet and of course she wasn't because she would have disappeared. Um, my mom encouraged, well, I say encouraged me, there was no encouragement about it. I was forced to run cross country um, at like penalty of death and I came in last every single race except for one where I got lost and that was really exciting for me. But my sister was the number one runner because I mean, she's all legs. So how can you not be the number one runner when you're like, you know, a tinker toy running along with like practically no weight and you're all legs. So yeah, that's easy. Even now when we walk together, like she has one stride to my three and I just feel like I'm chasing myself to keep up with her. She's a gazelle and I'm a hippopotamus, but <laughs> that's what I should name this episode. The gazelle and the hippo, but I won't, <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> um, we couldn't be more opposite, not just physically, because she's always been tall and thin, and I am shorter and have a very different build, much more muscular build, struggled with my weight my whole life. Uh, Personality-wise, we could not be more different. Um, she is the nice one, uh, so that's telling you exactly who I really am, um, but she's much more reserved and quiet, and so when I started getting feedback, on the episode I did with my mom, a bunch of people were saying, I'd love to know how that impacted your sister. Not just how it developed her relationship with food, but also what it was like for her to see so much negative attention on your weight, my weight, right? And so Debbie and I have had a couple of conversations, well, we've had a lot of conversations about this throughout my life. She's always been my biggest cheerleader and supporter, always knew that my weight was a big struggle and issue for me, um, always encouraged me, always loved me endlessly, and vice versa. Um, so we've had many conversations about it, 
I think she was nervous for me when I told her that I was doing an episode with my mom, our mom. Um, and I think she was probably nervous listening to it. We've definitely had some interesting conversations since then, both about the episode that I recorded with our mom um, and about her coming on the show. So I told her that we would keep it really casual, which is normal and natural because that's how we roll on the Primal Potential podcast. You know, nothing scripted. We just, we're just going to have a conversation like sisters and you guys are going to sit in on it. So we are going to be pretty much pretending that you guys aren't here and we are just going to talk. So Debbie, I love you. Thank you for being here and doing this. Of course. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. I think you know I'm a huge supporter of the work that you do, and um, I'm just happy to be a part of it. So, yeah. Thanks. So, let's start by talking about the episode that uh, I did with Mom a couple weeks ago. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, we, just so you guys know, I know I said we were going to pretend you're not here, but you're my friends. I want to talk to you guys, too. I want to loop you in. So, Debbie and I were sitting uh, two weeks ago. We were celebrating my birthday a few days after my birthday, and uh, my mom was in the other room. And I was like, <laughs> which is, oh, gosh, always dramatic, right? Um, but uh, I was like, so... What did you think of uh, the podcast? Because you were doing some traveling and you listened to it and we mm -hmm. hadn't talked about it in person. So I'd love to ask you now, when you listened to that conversation, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? Like, what are your thoughts on the conversation mom and I had? Yeah, I mean, I, it was really emotional for me. I think in a lot of, um, a lot of ways, I think, and certainly in good ways, because I, I think it was, it was powerful and certainly an important conversation to have and, and let other people bear witness to. Um, but it was... It was sad. Like I, I like I laughed. I cried. It was like going to the movies where I was like, you know, I don't know what's gonna come up. Um, I mean, just because I think, also, just to hear the dialogue between the two of you and and really like speak truth to to what it was like for you mm -hmm. when you were a kid and 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 what it was like for mom to not recall a lot of those things, but be like, oh yeah, that sounds like something that might've happened. Or yeah, maybe I, maybe I did that. And I was also like, oh, come on, mom, like what, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, and I, I mean, and it was heartbreaking in a lot of ways too, because it just, um, you know, I mean, I obviously have thought a lot about what it was like for you, but I think to just hear the exchange between the two of you, um, I think just added yeah, sort of a whole nother level of, of weight and... Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, some a lot of people have emailed me since that episode, and some people have said, I love that you and your mom could have that kind of open dialogue. Yeah. I have similar issues with my mom or with my dad, and we could never do that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, my mom and I, and, and I'm saying this in front of you so that you can like bear witness to this, yeah. um, my mom and I do not have a perfect relationship. Mm -hmm. And even though we were able to have that conversation, this is 30 years of serious frigging tension. Oh, yeah. And even now, mm -hmm. there is tension. Mm -hmm. There is absolute tension. So if you have, maybe your parents are no longer living or you don't want to or can't for whatever reason have this conversation, it doesn't mean that you can't heal. Because as I think was the real takeaway from the episode I did with mom, it doesn't impact what you do today. You still have the ability to make positive changes today. And I, I wanted to kind of give a little bit of insight, since Debbie, you were here for this conversation, um, into what happened with me and mom after the podcast. Yeah. So you and I were, <laughs> you and I were having ready, this. guys. <laughs> Seriously. You and I, Debbie, were yeah. having this conversation about the podcast and specifically how mom said that I wasn't enough. Yep. First, how was that for you to hear? It was, it was, you know, a lot of people were like, did you know she was going to say that? And I was like, no, I, that, I like, I knew that she felt that way, but I was kind of like, dang, but mom, you don't want to, right. You know, but you don't want to know, you know, right, yeah. right. Like, I told, and people were like, well, you rolled with it really well. And I was like, well, I kind of yeah. use humor as like yeah. a defense mechanism. So I was kind yes. of like, you might have flaming bags of poo on your doorstep tomorrow from some of my listeners, but I'm really glad you're honest. Yeah. So, yeah. so you and I are having this conversation on the couch and. What were you thinking when you heard that? I mean, I, oh God, I, so much. I think for sure I was, um, it made me really sad. Um, and I think that you, that was, I think the one thing that you had sort of said, FYI, like this, right. mom says this in the conversation. Yeah. I gave you a heads um, up like, that oh, that happened. man, really? Yeah. Um, and I mean, but just, yeah, I mean, those words are so powerful in, right. in, in the worst way, right? right. Like right. I think no one ever wants to hear that. Um, you weren't enough. Yeah. Especially, especially when that's kid. like your biggest, as a kid, Insecurity. like 
Right. And that's, I think, your biggest fear around, you know, right? Like if for your mom or anyone, right, to think that you aren't enough and then to have that sort of confirmed and validated. While recording. (laughs) Right. Right. For millions of people. Yeah. Like I was like, so I was, yeah, heartbroken and so sad that that was your reality and that she just confirmed it. Um, And I think, yeah, I don't know. And then I also, I think I just felt a little bit... I think I felt some shame around like, you know, this is my mom and, right. and I, you know, and, and, and we love her and so I, yeah, much. And I, I do. And I love my mom very much, but, um, but yeah, I was like, oh man, disappointment. Mom, like really you said that? And, and I, I, but I think with that, I also, you know, I, it was brave. It was right? brave I and mean, it was it, honest. It was and honest. you know what? Most and people are full of it. Exactly. And she wasn't. And yeah. I give her mad freaking kudos to look me, her baby, yeah. in the eyes mm-hmm. and know that people are hearing this. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is a private combo. Right. Um, right. <laughs> whoops. Right. Um, no whoops, really. That honesty yeah. is admirable yeah. and commendable mm-hmm. and opened up conversations um, for, for you and I. Yep. Yep. Um, for me and mom. For all sorts of people listening, and 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 so it wasn't the end of that conversation, that that statement. So you and I are sort of sitting on the couch celebrating my birthday, and <laughs> and and mom mom walks over, <laughs> and, and at this point we're sort of like the conversation over, like abort, abort, right? And she says, you know, <laughs> in this tone that you and I both are like. Oh, crap. What's coming? <laughs> right, right. She says, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that. And I think that if you're really honest, no matter who you are, if you're really honest, if, if you want to change someone, it's because they're not enough. Isn't that what she said? Oh, yeah. Is that your yep. recollection? Yeah, that's pretty much verbatim. Right. Yeah. So you and I both sort of <laughs> look at each other like, what planet are you from? You still don't get it. Like, mom, I know you're going to hear this. Mom doesn't know we're recording. So this is going to air tomorrow. Yeah. So okay. we need to call her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, mom. And, yes, very and much. We really do. But this is important stuff. It is. It is. Because you and I both tried to say, well, I think I started by yeah. saying, no, mom, <laughs> like, that's not it. In fact, if you want to change somebody... That's about you. Right. It's not about yeah, them. Exactly. And so whether you are a person listening right now who feels like you're not good enough for somebody else, that is not about you. That is about them. Or if you're somebody who's trying to change somebody else, that is not about them. It is about you. And there was a very strong undertone in our home growing up that mom wanted to change me. Mm-hmm. For sure. And mom wanted to change her husband, our stepdad, Mm -hmm. because he was overweight. And that was a constant source of tension between them that we watched every day. And for me, it was just like, I knew I wasn't enough. She hadn't verbally confirmed it. And it was obvious that he wasn't enough because of his weight. Um... So back to back to this conversation with mom, like we're like, no, 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 no. And she's like, well, no, no, it's just if you're honest, that's what it is. They're just not enough. And we weren't really getting anywhere. No. (laughs) Do you remember what I did to end the conversation? What did I do? (laughs) You dropped down and did a a, like a burpee. Yeah. 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 Drop and give me a burpee. (laughs) And drop down on the floor and did a burpee. And she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm over this. Done. (laughs) Moving on. Because at that point, it wasn't, you know. It wasn't going to be productive. Right. And at some point, whether she ever gets it or she never does, it has nothing to do with what I am able to do today, what I am able to do moving forward. And it just makes it even more important for me as Elizabeth, for anybody else out there who has somebody like this in your life, whether it's a parent or a spouse or a friend or a, a boss or anybody, I have to prove to myself every day that I am in fact good enough. And I have to ask myself, what does that mean? What does that look like? And that's really tough some days because it's not like I had this one crappy interaction. I had this interaction multiple times a day, every single day for the majority of my life. Yeah. And then even now that we can have those conversations, they still reinforce the same thing that like, 
she she does feel that way. Um, and that's tough. And I know she loves me. Yeah. And I know she's proud of me. Um, but you know what? None of us can get our validation from any other person. Yet we're so drawn to do that, yes, right? We yes, want to be yes. liked. We want to be loved. We want to pats on the head and to be told we're mm -hmm. beautiful. And that's all great. And I'm not saying that there's not value there. There absolutely is. Fill your life with people who make you feel validated. But it begins and ends with you. Mm -hmm. It begins and ends with you. So, so I want to kind of get back to the growing up thing. And I, and I want to take this from two different angles. And one is the, the food issues that developed for me that you were witnessing every single day. Mm -hmm. But then also for you, never having a weight struggle, how it impacted you and your relationship with food and your relationship with your weight and your health. What do you remember about the pressures related to weight loss in our house? I mean, I, I certainly remember, um, I, so I feel like most of my memories are, uh, you know, sort of um, on the Main Street house, right? So yeah. I'm, we had two different, um, so we had a freezer that was sort of in this sort of back room and then we had, you know, the regular refrigerator right. in the, you know, in the kitchen. Um, and we had a pantry. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, there just being uh, like a very, everything that, you know, was sort of whatever mom deemed healthy food, right? Um, you know, was sort of, right, we had access to. But I, I remember her, you know, if there was some treat that I wanted, I had to hide it in my room. Yeah. Right? Because, Which then, right? Because she was afraid I would eat it. Mm -hmm. And she didn't want me to have it. Yep. So right so, there, that sort of sets up this sort of shame around, right? This right? is bad. This hide is it. bad. And so you need to hide it. And it's mm -hmm. right. And it's not okay. It's also not okay for, right, like everyone to have this. Right. right? You can have it because you can you're have thin. it because this is what you look like. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you remember me struggling emotionally because of my weight? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Early? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I remember, you know, elementary school and, and I, I remember kids giving you a hard time, right? I remember, you know, sort of Tom's advice to you and someone. So, <laughs> I got made fun of a lot. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I got teased a lot and there was this boy, and I won't say his name on here, um, but I remember first oh, I name remember. and last name. Oh, I remember I do his too. parents' name. I remember his brother's <laughs> name. Like, dude, I'm surprised they don't have his, like, his address etched <laughs> on my arm or something like that. Um, I was in the third grade, mm -hmm. and we were reading Magic School Bus, Miss Frizzle Goes to Space. And he told me, you're so fat, you sink in gravity. Well, I wasn't clearly a bright kid because I couldn't figure out that everything sinks in gravity. <laughs> Dumb face, <laughs> centered right there. Um, but I went home and I was really upset. Mm -hmm. And and I don't for whatever reason it took us more than a day to get through this book. <laughs> kids we were, um, but it happened a couple of times over and over again. So I went home and I told our stepdad, like you know, this kid, he's he's picking on me. You know, his initials we could call him ass. <laughs> we could call him ass. Good, that's good. And now we're explicit, but yeah. we got this. Yes. Uh, right. <laughs> you were hoping for that, weren't you? Weren't you? We need tissues and we need yes. an explicit marking. Um, so, you know, I, I told Tom, yeah. I said, um, you know, ass is telling me <laughs> you're so fat you sink in gravity. And so he was like, you go back to school tomorrow and you tell him you're such an airhead, you float. Which is great. Like, if you were still alive, I would be like, I still think that's awesome, right? So I did, because that's who I am. Right. Like, you would have been like, no, right, I don't want to do that. that. You wouldn't have yeah. said it. Me, yeah. I'm like, hey, ass, <laughs> and I got in trouble. I got a timeout, yeah. <laughs> and and nothing happened to the ass, but you know, whatever. Um, that is what it is. But right. uh, yeah, so I got picked on a lot. You remember mm -hmm. that? What else? Um, I mean, I, I don't think. It was, you know, like, I don't think I knew sort of, you know, what you were taking away. Just, I mean, granted, you know, if you were in third grade and I was in fifth grade, like, and we weren't sitting down having conversations <laughs> no. about our feelings at no, that point. No, we um, were But what about, like, summers? 
Do you, do you remember any particular pressure on summers or summers being different? Like, oh God, I do. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember, right, we, I think we did a lot of going to the beach and, and certainly um, that meant spending some time with extended family, but also, um, you know, because, right, we were on the sort of school schedule, we were also um, going on other vacations. Um, and so I, th- I think it, there certainly was a lot more awareness around um, not just food, but, but exercise. Right. And so really utilizing that time, um, forced like, exercise as like, as like your boot camp. Yeah. yeah. It was boot camp. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you remember the summer, um, when Chris and Kevin are, we have cousins, uh, that are, let's see, Chris is a year younger than me and Kevin's three years younger than Chris. Um, and, um, mom made us go to the track every day. I do. I at do the high that. school. I do. I absolutely remember that. There's a picture of that somewhere, and Chris <laughs> looks like Chris looks like an ant next to a hippo because Chris is tiny, t- like he's oh, to this yeah. day, oh my like God. he's yeah, teeny, he's teeny, small. teeny, yeah. right? Like if you stood next to Chris, you'd look big. Oh yeah, he's yeah, I was yeah. like he's yeah. smaller than me, right? Yeah, like he looks starved. Yeah, yeah, he's like a thin yeah. And I was, I might have been like an eighth grader, or ninth grader, or something like that. Yeah, and she forced me to run around the track. In the summer heat, mm-hmm. like I could barely pick my feet up. <laughs> anyone, right? Anyone could barely pick their right. feet up. It was, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the orange whistle? <laughs> you knew that I, was coming. I knew that was coming. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, I do. I do. What was I, the orange whistle? So I was basically, you know, your coach, if you will, or trainer. I think it's freaking awesome because you were, you know, not and. Uh, not qualified to be doing that because well, you were a child well, exactly. <laughs> and my sister exactly talk about yes yeah, so an awful so dynamic like, between the two qualifications yeah um, and it put tension between us well that right i oh. don't want to spend time with you if you have an orange whistle <laughs> of course and i you know i think certainly wasn't in a place where i thought i could or right the thought never entered my head to be like oh Mom, there's something really wrong with this, and I shouldn't be doing this. Right. I was like, you were just like, okay, all right, I guess, okay. My mom's telling me to do this. So I guess what I'll was do the whistle it. all about? I mean, I essentially, right, like use the whistle to um, determine when you were running, right? Like, <laughs> like go. No wonder keep going. I still hate running to this day. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I, that's a, that's a real thing. It's um, a very real yeah, thing. Yeah. So you were my trainer in the summers mm-hmm. with the goal to help me drop a certain amount of weight before the school year would start. Yep. And do you, I, I have like the, oh gosh, I still have nightmares about school uniform shopping. Yeah. So here's the thing about, we went to Catholic school mm-hmm. and we had these kilts that wrap around. So <laughs> like basically if it doesn't wrap around, you're too big. And I was always too big. I was always too big. And there was like a dramatic sense of disappointment. Yeah. And expectation too related to, okay, it's the beginning of the summer. So here's your goal for the end of the summer when we go uniform shopping for the new year. Right. And if you don't get there, yeah, then that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. I remember at one point in time, um, we, we went to high school kind of far away from our house. And before you or I were able to drive, there was, there was this one day, I don't know why I remember this, but there was this McDonald's in Hudson on the way to Nashua. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, we were going to the McDonald's drive-thru with mom. Mom was driving. You were in the front. I was in the back. I think she had the Ford Windstar at this point in time. Oh, solid. Yeah. <laughs> totally cool car. Yeah. And uh, we went through the drive-thru at McDonald's. And you and mom, mom got coffee and orange juice and like an egg McMuffin meal. So hash browns, egg McMuffin. And you got the same thing minus the coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, And she handed me back. She ordered an egg McMuffin for me. And she handed back over the seat the egg patty and the ham. That was it. So like I didn't get juice, which is fine. Juice is not something anybody needs. But like the contrast of like you guys are in the front seat with your egg McMuffins and your hash browns and I'm getting this nasty (laughs) egg patty (laughs) with like some sort of franken cheese and ham passed back with her fingers over the back seat. Like that is such a clear... Clearly block that out. Yeah. Yeah. But like, okay... Is that totally something, Mom? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Well, well, I think that just speaks to the dynamic that was set up. Yeah. Which it was all like that the time. every... All the time. Every day. Every day. Yeah. All the time, 100% of the time. Yep. It was always a new diet, mm-hmm. a new restriction, a new goal. Betsy needs to lose weight this summer. Like, 
It needs to happen yeah. now. It, you know, you're so smart, but right. dot, dot, dot. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, your, your clothes yeah. don't fit. Um, oh my gosh. I just had, uh, when I, as a sophomore in high school, mm-hmm. went to the senior snowball. <laughs> Or, I mean, no, oh, I must have been a freshman. No. I must okay. have been a freshman yeah, yeah, yeah. because, yeah, yeah. FM was yeah. a senior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it was always, this was the thing. She would buy me something that I couldn't fit into so that yeah, I would work. lose weight to fit into it. Yeah. And that was like the thing, yeah. always, whether yeah. it was school uniforms or dresses or whatever. Right. That was so, the way of motivating you. Exactly. Right. And that happened all the time. Yeah. Buy this thing that doesn't fit and now jump like right get get yeah. into it go ahead yeah. right show me what you can do so the dress didn't fit mm-hmm. even a little mm-hmm. and she used duct tape <laughs> on my bare skin <laughs> to get me into that dress <laughs> yeah yeah things, yeah things, uh, yeah yeah you, i'm glad pretty, you don't remember because too, yeah. because Later that night, she wasn't there after the dance, but I was uh, at a friend's house who had to help me get this duct tape off. Let's just say it took skin on sensitive areas above the waist, below the neck, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, because there was no bra, because there was no room for a bra, the dress didn't fit, it was just duct tape. And she literally duct taped me (laughs) from mid-thigh to the top of the dress, raw duct tape. So she like, gave you duct tape spanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Like, I guess I didn't have spanks or she just felt duct tape was like more effective or efficient. I'm oh. wondering how many people like could see the duct tape rolls like under the dress or like peeking out from above the dress. I lost skin over that. But that is something that like I continued to do for myself to myself regularly, like regularly to to dance, to jump into, to, to set a bar for myself that I would then clear because that's right. how she taught me to motivate myself. Right, yeah. Never realizing that doesn't work. Right. You're not going to take care of yourself for the benefit of a frigging dress right. or the benefit of a school uniform. It's not like I didn't have any respect for myself. Yeah. And I, the only thing that I felt like I could give myself then was food. And so it developed these really crazy habits and patterns around food. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget standing there. um, Do you remember my friend Erin W? She was a softball player, little blonde thing. Yeah. Um, We were in the guest room at her house and like mom was so disappointed as she duct taped me into that dress. And it wasn't like this beautiful thing of it was like my first formal dress. It was, well, stop breathing for a few hours and and you're going to lose some skin over this, but you didn't do the work. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and you could have done the work and you didn't do the work. Um, And so for me, that's about like strategies that work and are healthy and strategies that don't work and aren't healthy. You know, and I think when you come from a place of wanting to take care of yourself and not not from a place of you're not enough, so you better work. Right. You can't come from that place and expect lasting change because you cannot hate yourself to a body you love. To do it. Right. Yeah. You just can't. Like the, the negative motivators, while, yeah, they might work in the very, very short term. That's that's all they'll do. I mean, right. I think about when I did the HCG diet and I lost like, I don't know, like 40 some odd pounds in, I don't know, 60 days or something like that. And it was insane. And I was eating 400 calories a day. And if anybody does that, I will seriously show up on your doorstep and be like, you, we need a lobotomy like yesterday um, because it's unhealthy. And the flip side of that story is I put on 60 pounds in the three months afterwards. Yeah. Because you cannot treat your body with disrespect and expect a body that you respect. Yeah. You just doesn't happen. Yeah. So one of the things growing up, especially when we were a lot younger, like pre-high school, um, was that not only was there like fat phobia in terms of mom wasn't cool with the fact that I was fat or the yeah. fact that her husband was fat, um, but like dietary fat phobia. Yeah. And absolutely. we were a family of fat free everything. Yep. Snackwell's cookies, pasta, cereal, skim milk, skim milk yeah. no fat um, in, in the diet. And so much so, I think that probably influenced your decision to be a vegetarian. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I think it was I was it was something that I was always conscious of, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was all like, and I think I had a lot of fear around like, oh, you no, don't want to be treated I, like that. I can't get to this place because right? because I knew that right there that she right for whether it was disappointment or that sort of sense of like not being enough or whatever. I knew that this was not something that my mom was okay with, so. I did not want to get to that place. Right. So I was The always, only way to be enough. Right. Is to be thin. Right. And so I, right, did what I thought I could to try to kind of, right, put things, put structures in place for myself that were going to prevent me from getting there. And then, and don't get me wrong, they were not healthy, right. you know, at all. Um, what do you mean? Go there. I mean, I think, you know, I, so I, right, I, when I was in seventh grade, I made the decision sort of very arbitrarily to become a vegetarian. Um, and it, you know, was, I think, very much around uh, trying to be healthy. And I thought that that was a way to do that. And that was the most important thing in our house was to be thin and thin meant healthy. Yep. Um, and, you know, but I, I wasn't, you know, I, I was in seventh grade. I wasn't doing it the right way, you know, I'm short. Pop-tarts, pasta. I was eating a lot of carbs. I ate a lot of cheese. Um, I loved cheese, so ate a whole lot of that. Mom was really worried about my protein intake. Um, But I, you know, I think, you know, went to the doctors, was tested for anemia. Like, there was never any any, iron, all that stuff. Like, it was never any issue. Um, But I wasn't, I wasn't eating well, you know, mm-hmm. I was right eating was right very carb centric, um, still low fat, mm-hmm. right? So I wasn't eating the cheese full, was full fed right. cheese. I was eating, you know, Skim. you know, right fat string cheese. That's, yeah, you know, like low fat, or I was eating, you know, low fat which cheddar is, cheese. Like, what is or, that? Which is right? Who knows? A whole bunch of Junk. nasty chemicals, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I, I think it that sort of the the palpable right sort of tension or just expectation yeah and 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 I and then I think the the shame right and the emotions associated with all this stuff I think that just sort of set the precedent for me to feel like okay this is a place you don't want to get to so you better what do are you gonna do thing that yeah. you can to prevent that from happening and from my perspective I looked at you and felt like you had the world on a string from my perspective, school came more easily to you. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't apply myself as much to studying because I was really unhappy. Yeah. Because I was worried about being teased and what yeah. people were saying. Um, because the only thing that mattered to me was losing weight. Right. But the flip side of that was... Food was so restricted that when I could get access to it, I went overboard Um, because I had this fear of missing out. Like as soon as mom's around again, it's literally like egg whites and carrots, Yeah, you know? Um, And that obsession prevented me from having the energy and the attention to put towards school. So from my perspective, you were smarter than I was you were exponentially thinner than I was. You didn't have to worry about fitting into your school uniform or your Kelly Green spandex on the volleyball team, which I think should be outlawed still. (laughs) Um, When we ran cross country at the same time, you always came in first. I mean, you were a gazelle. Like, you just had that natural movement and rhythm. And... I hated it and I struggled and I was embarrassed and I was ashamed and I would sit through the day at school worrying about cross country practice or the meet afterwards instead of like my homework. Right. Um, So you were in mom's good graces and you were a better athlete and you were doing better in school um, and you weren't in the spotlight at home the way that I did, that I was, unless it was for your achievements. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, it was always for my shortcomings but that doesn't mean that just because you didn't have a weight problem that you didn't have a food problem. Right. Even after you moved away from mm-hmm. home, like for college and yeah. stuff. So the all of the food restriction and the shaming, looking now, and I know you've, you've listened some to the podcast, yeah. um, what 
what do you see as some of the unhealthy behaviors related to food that maybe you, you developed and what are you doing now to improve your relationship with yeah. food? And it's not about weight for right, you, right. but what are you doing to break those chains so that you don't have to have that negative mindset around food? Yeah. I mean, I think there was certainly, you know, the, the idea of right sort of emotional eating or the, or food as a reward, right? Mm-hmm. That, oh my that, God. Yeah. yeah. Food was a huge yeah. reward in our house. Yeah. Um, right. Or like, I, so I think those things. And so, you know, I think food in a lot of ways became right. Like a way, you know, if it was a birthday or, you know, family function, I sort of one, it was one of those things where I felt like, okay, this is a day, right? I mean, our family had a saying, like, eat like a pig, it's your birthday. Oh my God, yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Right? Like, like, that was, a, yeah. literally, it's your birthday, eat like a pig. It's Christmas, <laughs> eat like a pig. Yeah. It's Thanksgiving, eat like a pig. Yeah. Like, Any I holiday. totally It's Memorial that. Day, eat like a pig. Yeah. It's it's Thursday and we're all together, eat right. like a pig. Yeah. Like, I totally forgot about that until you just said that. Yeah. Now I'm just like, well, damn. <laughs> no wonder I was confused because on the one hand, it was like, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. It's Tuesday, eat like a pig. It's your birthday, eat like a pig. It's Christmas, right. eat like a pig. But I think, wow. but I think what that was was for break all the rules. But all, and also like, everyone else can do that, but you can't. I never was allowed to. Right. You knew mom was watching on my birthday <laughs> and on every other day. Like, what's oh, yeah. this fat monkey eating? I mean, but so I think that set up for me also this idea that there were those you days could go hog or wild. Those that I could eat whatever I wanted and in it whatever didn't quantities. And then and it would be like, but I and then I would justify it by, oh well, it was my birthday or it was Christmas Memorial Day or and not just I don't want to give the impression because you could eat to abandon on yeah. your birthday and Christmas yeah. and it happens twice a year, yeah, but yeah. that wasn't the thing No. because it was every family party, which right. is everybody's birthday, right? Every holiday, right? Exactly. And so that ends up being. Right. Okay. Relatively frequent. Yeah. 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 Everybody, because we had a pretty big family. Right. It's grandpa's birthday. Eat like a pig. It's Grammy's birthday. It's Dylan's birthday. It's Mark. Like, yeah. Right. Anyone's. Everybody's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so I think there, it also came with this idea that if I did eat something that, you know, mom deemed unhealthy or the world deemed unhealthy, that there was this idea of I have to repair from that. Right. right. So if make oh, up. oh no, if I ate pizza last night, I got to work out real hard today or I have to be really you know, really good about eating. Like I right. have to. To make up for exactly. it. Exactly. It, it requires penance. And coming exactly. from a Catholic family. Exactly. If you, if you do this dietary sin, what is your penance? And that makes me think of the track thing. I think it was the summer that she had me running the York track um, that she told me, and I, and I don't believe in the whole calories in, calories out thing because it denies the hormonal impact. It's not that calories don't matter, but we can't exactly just work off whatever it is yeah. that we ate. It doesn't quite work like that. Um, but that to work off one M&M, you had to run the length of a football field. And right. right it's like, okay, yeah. right, sure, whatever. Um, but yeah, there was this very real sense of penance. Yeah. What are you going to do to make up for it, to over-restrict, to compensate for yesterday? Right. Which I think creates a lot of guilt. Yep. And a lot of, it potentially can create like exercise bulimia or all sorts of things yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and I think, right, and even going deeper than guilt, right? But just that idea of shame around like, oh man, I just, I ate something bad. And this, As opposed and to food is freaking neutral. Right. And then I ate something bad and then that means... You know, well, I'm kind of bad now too, so I need to write. Be good. Be good. And being good means eating healthy or exercising or, you know, any of those things. So what do you do now? I know in the past several years, though you've never had a weight problem, Mm -hmm. in the past several years, you have looked at health and food maybe a little bit differently. Yeah. In what ways? What has changed for you? I mean, you know, I think you certainly deserve a fair amount of credit for that just in, in, I think... Um, Isn't it funny how the tables turn? Yeah. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, right? Like, I think um, you've helped me look at myself and, and in the foods that I'm eating in a very different way. And I think also really helping to detach the stigma away yeah. from food, right? And keeping food neutral. Right. Um, and, and so I think now, you know, I certainly try to eat foods um, that I love. And I feel like, um, you know, I certainly am aware of... I'm not going to say that I'm not aware of, of sort of this, uh, you know, what feels healthy to me or mm-hmm. whatnot, but I also think that it's more about kind of how I feel about it and how my body feels in response to it. Mm. Um, now, let me ask you a question about that because 
being a vegetarian for a while, you're not anymore, um, but also growing up in the family where we did do the, a lot of the like carb dominant, low fat, yeah. uh, it, it shifted away from that. But for the majority of our time living at home, it was cereal or bagels or English yeah. muffins and pasta uh, and, and things like that that were low fat. You ate that way for the majority of your life. You really don't eat that way now. Right. Now you tend to be more more primal than yeah. before. So yeah, less carb dominant, um, more vegetables, more fruits, more proteins, things like that. Yeah. What do you notice about the difference in the way you feel? Because for some people, I think they see eating in a primal aligned way is about fat loss. But for you, that's not it's even not, remotely your goal. It right. has nothing to do with that. But you have shifted yeah. from sort of eating a very carb dominant bagels for breakfast, you know, pasta for lunch, yeah. whatever. What do you notice about the difference in, in how you feel? I mean, I, th I think energy is a huge one. Um, I think I used to, you know, uh, if I had sort of right a carb heavy breakfast or whatnot, that I was, I was crashing. Like, you know, I just felt, I felt tired and lethargic and low energy pretty soon after that. Mm -hmm. um, so it just, it felt a lot harder to get through the day or it felt like I need to keep eating, right? I need to, I need to snack. Mm -hmm. um, I need something to kind of boost my energy because I'm crashing a lot. Um, and I think there was probably a feeling like I felt physically full, but I was, but I was like still hungry. Yeah. Like snacky, exactly. hungry. I always need to sort of yeah, graze. Exactly. Um, and then I think, right. Eating in a, a way that is more primal aligned. I think I, I did, I feel, you know, I have better energy. I think my body itself just feels better. Um, yeah. I mean, I think those are sort of. That's the, I think the biggest thing that I notice now is just the change in terms of energy and, um, and that I, in not feeling like I have to snack every five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at the evolution from where you are now to where you want to be in terms of your relationship with food and how you feel about your body, what areas do you feel like you still need to continue to make improvement in? Because I think for a lot of people, it's like, well, I don't have to lose weight. So yeah. as long as I like exercise when I eat junk, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean yeah. you're happy, you're satisfied, you feel confident with right. yourself. You're still in this constant tug of war. And right. I know you don't, because we've had these conversations, don't want to be in that tug of war of like right. food and exercise dominating the day right. and dominating what makes you feel worthwhile or not. So yeah. where, do you, where do you see you still want to do some work? Yeah. I, I mean, I certainly think that I, you know, continue to be a work in progress. Um, and I, I think a lot of that comes from, you know, s there are still times when I have a hard time, um, letting go of that shame. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and I think it is still, related to a food choice. Exactly. It's still hard for me. You know, like I still feel like I'm, you know, you know, slapping myself over the head and be like, Oh, Debbie, you should have done that. Right. Um, and not that that granted that happens you less know, often. Right. Less often than it used to because I've spent time, you know, kind of working and sort of reframing and things like that. But, but it's still, because it, right, was our life mm -hmm. for such a long time. It's, it takes it's still time. hard. Yeah. It's still hard to work through that. So I think ideally, you know, getting to a place where, um, that continues to happen, you know, less and less frequently. And, um, so that it isn't about, you know, I eat this food and then there's this sort of right emotion attached to it, you know, right. Good or bad. Um, that I can eat foods that I enjoy eating that make me feel good. And then it's it, like, then it's okay if I, you know, what kind of foods make you feel good? <sighs> Certainly like vegetables. Um, like, I don't know, really a lot of vegetables. Um, like we're going out to lunch later today. If you could orchestra, I don't know where we're going. It doesn't matter, but I know you know. Uh, if you could pick a meal that would make you feel great, what is that likely to look like for you? Um, I think some, I mean, I, I do love salads, right? Like that's mm -hmm. just something, you know. Yeah, you're not eating it because you're trying to like right. be good. It's, right, it's just, not like that's healthy, so I should get a salad. Like right. I just enjoy... You know, Especially having a lot of greens yeah. and having, yeah, exactly. I love them more, I think, in the summer, but, um, you know, lots of greens, a lot of, you know, an assortment of different vegetables, right? We joke about crappy salads. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I, I want a big salad, too. <laughs> exactly. I don't want, like, don't give me a small little plate with, like, a tiny handful of greens we'll and, like, it a back. few carrot, like, 
you know, shreds. slivers, <laughs> and then like a very small piece of like chicken. Yeah. No, no, no. We've been places where we've yeah. looked at the salad and said, this is a joke. Like, we need, like, <laughs> give me get, three. Exactly. <laughs> or more. Another round of salads. Another round of salads all around, yeah. please. Yeah, we've totally had that conversation. Oh We're like, gosh. this is not a meal. <laughs> right. Um, no. I want so, a salad yeah. as big as my head. Right. Exactly. Much. And maybe bigger. Yeah. Um, what foods don't make you feel that great? Yeah, I, you know, I think I do notice, you know, because I'll, you know, I've not to say that I, like, don't ever eat carbs, right? I do, right? So, I mean, I've, I've had, like, a bagel in the morning um, just maybe because I'm just like, I want a bagel today. Yeah. Or because maybe I don't have a whole lot of options, whatever it is. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't feel as great. And even though yeah. I might be like, you know, this tastes good, but I think I notice it afterwards when right. I'm like, you know... I don't Not feel that great. It. Or I'm like, or I feel, right, hungry. Yeah. Or I feel like I hit that wall. sort of wall where I'm like, oh, man. <clears throat> I need another snack. Yeah. Like a, yeah. yeah. And, or a coffee with yeah. lots of yeah, coffee. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just keep Which drinking the coffee. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about uh, this morning, knowing that we were going to be recording this today, was that we really grew up, and I think a lot of people do, and a lot of people still operate this way, with absolutes. There's good food and there's bad yep. food. Yep. There is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. There is success and failure. You are thin or you are fat. Yeah, absolutely. And the reality is that it is easier, so much easier, to just accept absolutes, yeah. black and white, than to wrestle with choices. Yeah. Than to wrestle with gray. Yeah. Than to say there really is not this absolute notion of what what is healthy and what is not. Right. And there isn't this notion of you're either worth it or you're not. Like, you just are where you are. You're doing what you're doing. And we're all making progress. And I think that the extent to which we can look at what absolutes have I defined in my world that maybe aren't real. So many people are going, oh, I ate a bad food. Right. Right. So I did something bad and now I have to make up for it. Whereas if you accept that really the food is neutral mm-hmm. and what matters is how do you feel afterwards? Exactly. Right? Like, is it going to get you where you want to go in terms of your goals, whether your goal is like for you to just be healthy and fit and vibrant and energetic? Yeah. Or it's a fat loss goal or a weight loss goal or a competition goal or anything like that. Um, is it going to get me where I want to go? And how does it make me feel? Right. I don't want to eat something that just makes me feel like I need to take a nap because right. that feels like crap, yeah. you know? And unless I can lay down and take a nap, it's not ideal. Right. Or I don't want to eat something that then an hour later I'm hungry. Right. And I feel like that was very much our reality growing up was constant snacking because we were having cereal for breakfast and juice uh, or English muffins or whatever else. And so I'm not surprised that I was always on the prowl for food, number one, because it was restricted. And number two, because I was eating things that didn't satisfy me. Right. Um, But I, I think whether you have a weight loss goal or you don't, that we can all benefit from surrendering the notion that there are just these absolutes. Because very, very little in life is absolute. Right. The reality is that there are nuances. That it really is independent of black, white, and more about you as an individual. Mm-hmm. So there can be some things that make you, Debbie, feel great that don't make me feel great. And right. neither of us is right or wrong. It's just what's true for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so this is why I think so much of my message is very consistently keep your eyes on your own work because when you're paying attention to trying to get as many opinions as possible to, at the detriment of paying attention to your own body and the feedback your body gives you, then you're really missing out on what you need, Mm -hmm. not just for your goals, but for your happiness. Like, what do you love? So many people will say, well, what do you recommend for breakfast? What do you love to eat? You know, what are you going to be excited about? Yeah. What, what do you recommend for a fat loss friendly lunch option? Well, what, what do you love? What are some of your favorite things? And then from there, how can we make them align with your goals, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody might say, well, I love nachos. Okay, well, there are things that we can do to make those align with your goals. If your goal is fat loss, one of my favorite things is sweet potato nachos. And I'll make sweet potato chips and put bison and pico and yeah. guacamole. And that's amazing. And that's a great dinner. It doesn't mean that I need to go buy tortilla chips and beans and, uh, you know, right. pile it on with all this junk. So I think if we all do more to pay attention to ourselves and what matters for us, we can always make progress from that perspective, but we're sort of chasing a unicorn if we 
are looking at what everybody else is thinking or doing or focusing on the absolute black and white, this is good, this is bad, it's probably not serving you. Right. And it's not only is it unlikely to help you reach your goals, it's absolutely unlikely to make you happy. And I just think there's so much value in just being happy. And, And I guess if I... If I had to wrap up with one thought from this entire conversation, and there are so many thoughts, um, my primary takeaway, and then, and then Debbie, I want to ask for yours, my primary takeaway is there will always be people in your life who don't understand your goals or who don't support your goals or who flat out criticize your goals or who try to create their own goals for you. And what I would say is it doesn't matter because you always have the opportunity to choose what is right for you in any given moment on any given day. Doesn't mean that it's easy. Doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. Doesn't mean that it doesn't rattle you a little bit. But do not surrender your power, assuming that somebody else's opinion or agenda matters more than yours, because it doesn't. And I understand that a lot of people are deep into the habit of caring more about what others think or say, but train yourself just for this one day. What is gonna make me feel my best? And how can I make myself feel valuable? How can I make myself feel like I am enough? Because no matter who you are, where you are, what you've done, what your goals are, where you're going or where you've been, you are enough because you're here. And that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. No matter where you're going, no matter where you've been, no matter who has told you otherwise. And I'm saying this to you guys as much as I'm saying it to myself, as much as I'm saying it to Debbie, you're enough. hundred percent. You're mm-hmm. enough. I think if I were to, that's probably a nice segue because I think that that is, I think, the primary thing that, you know, stands out to me is that idea of you are enough and the importance sort of with that of self-love and and compassion and right and kind of really building that relationship with yourself so that, Mm -hmm. right, you're not relying on somebody else, all these other people to validate you or tell you that you're good enough or tell you that you're, you know, because to somebody you will always be short of what they want. Absolutely. That has to do with them, not you. Exactly. And I, and I, and I think, right. And if that's what you're waiting for and holding on to, then right, you're just going to be disappointed and unhappy. And I think that it is really about cultivating that relationship with yourself and, and figuring out ways to do that, right? What are the things that do make you feel good, that bring you joy, that, right, make your body feel good, make you feel strong. Even if they're and, tiny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, of course. Especially if they're tiny. I think those are the things that yeah. we often take for granted. And um, I think that, but that's right. That's, that's sort of the biggest thing. And I think if that's what you're committing to, and if you're focusing on those things day in and day out, even if it's you just win. the little things, then yeah, then you're winning. And that's kind of why I dropped down on the ground and did a burpee yeah. when mom was mm-hmm. c- creating a little <laughs> bit of tension in the conversation. Um, because moving my body makes me feel good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to share just one last story before we wrap up and we'll both, if we can recall, share what we ate yesterday. Um, we were playing volleyball over the beach mm-hmm. and I was sort of laughing and I said, I said, am I better than I used to be? Because <laughs> this is not my recollection. Like recollection. It was just you and I just, Pat, we both played uh, volleyball in high school. You played volleyball in college. Um, and my recollection was that I sucked and I shanked every pass and that (laughs) you used to hate playing with me because I was so terrible and because you were so much better than me and I was like this fat hippo trying to play volleyball. Imagine a hippo trying to play volleyball. And when you and I played the other day, I was like, I'm fine. Like, I'm like, like I can do, like I can dig, I can set, like I can, you know, like it's fine. I can move. Right. Right. Um, And it was just really funny I said to you, am I, like, I haven't played in years, so am I just, like, miraculously a lot better than I used to be? And you were like, no. Like, you you were <laughs> right. always good. Yeah. And it was funny because my skill hadn't changed at all. In fact, I haven't played in God knows how many years, so yeah. it's probably worse. But what has changed is how I see myself. Absolutely. Yeah. And to be out there with you where you and I have a very different relationship than we did for most of our lives because before it was always you're prettier, you're taller, you're faster, you're more athletic, you're smarter, you're in mom's good graces. Um, And I never felt that I was as good as you Mm -hmm. uh, or anywhere near your level. And now, like you said, you know, a lot of the positive changes you've made in your life are related to changes that I've made in my life. Mm-hmm. And you regularly text me about workouts, oh my gosh, um, yeah. <laughs> whereas you were the one blowing the whistle for me and yeah. beating me in all of the races and whatnot. Um, and so 
the only thing that really changed in that dynamic was how I saw myself and the fact that I believe I'm an athlete and Mm -hmm. I believe that I'm quick and I'm strong. And it's just amazing to me that that was such a good sort of visualization of of like, you know, how things have changed. So I know, and a lot of, you know, when you and I talk about mom or my weight, I know a lot of it tends to be focused around me because I was sort of like the fat kid and everything had to do with me. But I know that it also had an impact on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it also created um, food issues for you, even though you never had a weight problem. Um, and so I just want to say to you that I, I noticed that, that I know that, that I know it wasn't easy for you to not only with your relationship with food, but to watch your sister mm-hmm. go through that. And to witness the tension all the time between me and mom and to see me so unhappy and insecure. I know that that was really hard for you. Um, So even though it is all about me, um, (laughs) I know that it was hard for you. And um, you've always been such an incredible source of encouragement for me on seven trillion diets and the lowest, you know, um, the very lowest moments of my life, you were my person. And you will always be my person. And even though we could not be more alpha and omega, <laughs> we created rules in high school of topics we can't talk about because, because we just oh, yeah, see man. the world very differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we, we still pretty much abide by those rules. Um, but we were both reading Carry On Warrior Mm -hmm. by Glennon Melton Doyle. And um, she writes this story of her sister and how her sister in her phone is named In Case of Emergency. Mm -hmm. And um, you are my In Case of Emergency. And I love you. And I know that this isn't your forum to talk publicly (laughs) about about some of this stuff. And I know too, like, you you know, you don't have a weight issue. Um, And so thank you from the bottom of my heart for number one, always being so supportive and loving. I know we don't have tissues, but I have tequila, so we're totally okay. Um, Tequila and tennis. Our plans are to play tennis after this, so we can, like, take a shot of tequila before we walk over the tennis court. You think I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) 50 bucks says it happens. Um, But anyway, um, you're amazing, and I love you, and um, the seasons of our relationship are so exciting to me, and I'm just so grateful for you, and I love you. Thank you for being here course okay so on a totally lighter note um let's talk about what we ate yesterday before we like take a shot of tequila and play tennis which would be so hysterical because we don't play tennis but you said in a text the other day we could be the new venus and serena oh my gosh i have the ass down pat like, <laughs> oh no i was like you got i was saying it the other day i was like she's got the lower body oh my god like, totally like himbo no joke like i have the lower body those for girls venus are legit I they think, totally yeah. are and watch out venus and serena yeah we're, we're coming. coming for you <laughs> so Anyway, uh, do you remember what you ate yesterday? I do. Um, so I'm going to say this. I'm just going to, you know, unfiltered say what I ate yesterday. And I, you know, I'm not going to have any emotion or shame around it. Okay. So I had, for breakfast, I had, well, I obviously had coffee. Uh, just Just black. Um, and I had, then I had some eggs with uh, a little bit of cheese, tomato, and avocado. Half an avocado. Um... And then for lunch, I had um, like a cabbage slaw, um, sort of with the, you know, the avocado mayo and some apple cider vinegar mixed with um, half of an avocado and this like chicken sausage, I think. Um, I don't think I had a couple carrots. Um, And then for dinner... I was out, and so I had some sushi, Yum. Um, veggie rolls, and then I had uh, like a, I think shrimp tempura also, and I had some beers. Yeah, had some beers, and then I think when I got home from that, <laughs> um, you know, it was late, yeah. so I was still hungry, so I had a slice and a half of pizza as well. Do it, yeah. I started the day with coffee, as always. That's how good days start. Um, I had bacon and eggs and kale. I was really, really active yesterday and the day before, so I was exceptionally hungry. I had a couple handfuls of pistachios uh, while I was driving someplace. Um, 
salad with leftover chicken for lunch. Dinner was interesting. So I went up to York mm-hmm. and um, it was about to storm. So I was like, oh, I'll just go get dinner. Like instead of getting stuck on the beach in the rain. And I went to the place at the top of the street. Yeah. Now I am very, very consistent with the way that I eat. And, and, uh, and I love that. And I do it by choice. But yesterday there was this flatbread on the menu at the top of the street that was like fresh corn and lobster. Ooh. Dude, I had to, right? But here's the thing. It was awful. Oh, it was no. so bad. I, and, and you know what? It was sort of like karmic. Like what, you would never typically order a flatbread. Like I don't even know the last time that's happened. Um, so I had like two bites of it. And then it, with a huffy, puffy, crappy attitude, I like stomped out of the place because I was like, this is garbage. This is like a worst food I've ever had. And it was like 20 bucks. Course, you know what I of mean? Of course. Yeah. Um, so it was like this little thing and it was gross. So I was pissed. I paid for it, but I was not happy. Of course I paid for it, right? I didn't yeah. want to like uh, imply that I like, right. stormed out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then when I, when I drove back, I ended up having fish and broccolini here, which was so much better. And yeah. so I was like, well, there you go. Yeah. That's why we eat foods we love that love us back. Because when I went for something that I knew I wouldn't feel so great about afterwards, like physically, I'd be kind of tired and just feeling bleh. And it sucked. Yeah. So that was that. Anyway, guys, I know this was a longer episode, but I'm so thrilled that you hung in for it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I would love to hear your feedback. I hope you guys have a great day and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Are you ready to move beyond listening and learning and really change your life? Really live into your highest potential instead of just wishing for it and hoping something clicks? I want to do that with you. And that's why this fall, I'm hosting the first ever Primal Potential Women's Transformation Weekend, Ascend, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th. It will be a small group, but you can get your ticket and learn all the details at primalpotential.com forward slash ascend or by listening to episode 203 of the Primal Potential podcast. Here's what I know. Ascend will change your life, and I would love to have you join me. See you this fall.